0: Welcome to This Week in Crime, a true crime podcast about crimes that happened this week but not this year. I'm Coda. I'm
1: Crystal. So, you got your promotion. How'd that go? I did. I started yesterday, yeah. Yesterday, uh, I woke up really early. My mom woke me up, woke us both up, because she was afraid that we weren't going to wake up on our own. But me and Cody both had alarms set. But like I on my phone have like 30 alarms And so I didn't have to set any I just turned my alarms back on from the ones I used in school That's like 5.30, 5.45, 6 o'clock, 6.05, 6.10 Because I don't fucking wake up Um, But it's a damn good thing that my mom and Cody Set alarms and my mom woke us up Because those alarms were set for school Which means that they woke me up Monday through Friday I worked Saturday So they didn't go off But I woke up I, I made tea and got dressed I wore like one of the one of the shirts that my boyfriend bought me for the manager thing so I don't have to wear like my dirty thermals that kind of stink for freight because I for freight I just had to buy clothes that like yeah it's gonna get messy like I I have fucking wall paint all over my vest and I asked my manager if I could size down on one she's like yeah we'll get it um and then didn't but it's fine uh went in there really early which was I expected it to be really busy like not with employee not with customers but employees because third shift, they all conglomerate in the break room because they have to get a rundown of like you're gonna certain people are gonna be working on this department and certain people are gonna be working on that department because it's not the same for everybody every night. And I kind of expected first shift to all just like be chatting in the in the break room before they clocked in like third shift does, but there was nobody there <laughs> except for like three old people and they were eating their breakfast. Um, and I clocked in. And then I I walked around because they told me they wanted me to find Amy. And they were like, well, Amy doesn't work today. And I was like, are you positive? Because my manager definitely said Amy was going to work today. So I found her. I found somebody else and I found her. And she directed me to the person who used to be the manager of my department but got moved to somewhere in electronics. She gets paid a little bit more. But she's worked there for three years and she, like, walked me around and she showed me everything. There were a lot of work terms. There were a lot of work terms because I use a lot of work terms when I work. Like, there's, like, skids and twelves and elevens and none of that makes any sense to anybody that doesn't work what I work. Um, but she gave me a lot of terms that I didn't understand. Like, on the walls, there are things called flex zones. I've never heard that word in my life. Where it's basically, like, how everything on a shelf has a spot. The Those part of the shelves do not have official spots. They're like, ah, eh, put something here. And so in which case, it, I had, like, boots, and then two rows of sandals, and then the same row, or a different row of the same boots. And they're just like not organized and they're all flex zones, so they're not stocked properly because uh it's it's meant to like have as much fruit out on the floor as possible and not necessarily like make it look neat and so i was doing flats and i had like the blue ones and then the pink ones and then the green ones or whatever but they were there were too many of the blue ones and they had set it up where it was like blue and then one blue on the next row and then it, the rest of the row was pink and then like one on the one of the pinks on the green row, and then the rest of the row is green. It just, like, was not organized. I'm very picky, and I want it to look nice. So, I spent a lot of time just, like, organizing that. Um, That's why they put you in shoes. They're like, fuck it, just let her make it clean. She spends hours on paper towels. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I didn't learn a whole lot. Basically, because my manager didn't come until 12, and I'm supposed to get, like, equipment. I'm supposed to get a printer so I can print out price tags and price changes and clearance stuff. And I'm supposed to have a handheld, so that way I can scan things, and we have top stock, so like those shelves that are on top of the shelves that you can't reach, that's called top stock. Uh, and we're supposed to keep on, like, know on our handheld, like what's up there versus what's in the background versus what's on the shelf. And I have to have a handheld to be able to inventory all of that, and I don't have that. And I asked my manager when she came in at 12 because I came in at seven, um, if I could get that, if I could get my manager badge that goes underneath my name tag that says like department manager. And she basically was like, I can't do the badge because somebody else has to do it and she's not here on weekends. I can't do the equipment because somebody else has to do it and he's not here on weekends. So basically, I don't have to- I don't get to do anything till Tuesday when I go back in. <laughs> I don't have anything to do. So basically, what they told me to do was purge the bins. So you got twelve seventy-five to just organize your shelves. That's what I did. <laughs> uh, I purged the bins, which means that we have a bunch of rolling clothing racks, but also like they can be modified for shoes. And they're modified for shoes- so I had to take all of those out and put as much of that on the floor as I could. And there were six of them, but I or six or nine, but I think I only got through three. Um, but also, it's, they're squares shaped. It's really, there's like really fat ones and I don't like them, the the racks that we have. And they're on wheels and you're supposed to be able to just like take them out. But the way that, it's really hard to describe, but we have like rows of shelves for, for storaging. Um, right next to the rows of shoes in the back room, but the rows between the ends, like there's two ends that don't move, and then there's like six in the middle. The ones in the middle are supposed to be able to move back and forth so that way they can be compressed and you can get to either side of the shelf and it takes up less space. But mine are fucking broken. So I can only move them so far to the point where I can't fit my card out there by like three inches. And it's the most frustrating thing I've ever experienced where I can only move it out in an angle. And I have to like force it against the corner so it'll swivel enough to get out and I just like knock so many shoes on the floor and so many people saw me struggling and like they couldn't help me you can't help me you can't just like fucking push the bin it, it doesn't work so um but that was it and there's one person under me who works in shoes and her name I'm not gonna say her name but she's really sweet she's very timid and she's very shy but she's so sweet and I really like her and she came up to me uh while I was back there I was looking for a hook because shoes Lose their hooks fucking constantly. I don't know where they go. They also lose their mates. Like, come, people come in and just take, like, one shoe. They don't want both of them They just take one. But I was back there looking for a hook, and she was like, I'm sorry I didn't introduce, introduce myself the other day, uh, but you seem kind of busy. And I was like, yeah, I probably was. I was trying to, like, take Freight out on the floor. It's always busy. But she's really sweet. And I told Cody of, like, she respects me, but I haven't earned that, and it makes me feel really awkward because she came out to me, and she was like, okay, I, I'm done, like, finding the mixed matched shoes you want me to like do you want me to do safety sweep or what you want me what you want me to do and I was like (laughs) I don't know I don't even know what I'm doing I told her um whatever she would usually do now just like do it
0: that's how my work is because we have our GM. Like, to be a general manager, you have to kind of know how to do everything, mm-hmm. but she came up as a kitchen manager. Like, she was a cook, and then she was a kitchen manager, and then she was um, a, a general manager from the kitchen, so she's not too familiar with the floor.
1: Yeah. So,
0: like, I went into her, I poked my head into her office today while she was playing on the computer, you know, just fucking around, and I was like, hey, so you care if I cut the floor? And she was like, you know better than me. If you feel like you can cut the floor, go for it. Um, who are who you going to cut? And I was like, myself. And she was like, okay, yeah, that's fine, just make sure, you know. Which is cool, because I know if somebody else would have went back there and asked, she would have told him no. Yeah. So, I don't know, it's cool. I've only been at this particular store for three months, but... Yeah. Everybody treats me like an adult, and I'm
1: psyched. But, um, she's really good at what she does. We have this cart full of just, like, shit. (laughs) Which is, we have a box of, like, wires, like those plastic wires that you put shoes together with. We have a box of those, which is a pain in the ass to get, because you get a clump of a hundred. And they get tangled up together, because of the little bobbin thingies at the end. Um, and I was back there and I was struggling to pull three out of there and I took them and she came up right behind me and just fucking yanked it out and she got it. And I was like, you've been here a lot longer than I have. Um, but she organized that entire cart of shit before the shift was over and I felt really bad every time I had to go back there and like mess it up because I needed a certain hook or mess it up because I needed a certain something. I felt really bad, but that's, that's all I, I zoned. Those... So, like, the pegs that come out of the wall have that big square for the price tag thing mm-hmm. on it, and the plastic price tag thing have sharp-ass corners, and every time I have to, like, stick my hand back there to, like, hook something in the back and I pull it out, I scratch my arms up, both of them, like, all day, and I cut two of my fingers because I hit them wrong in the corners. It's just, that's the worst part. Um, but I, I don't know. I learned a life hack in high school. You put fucking chapstick on it and put a bandaid on It's done in, like, half an hour. So, it's not that bad. I just have to remember to bring band-aids, apparently. But it's a occupational hazard. Yeah, really. Um, but then me and Cody made cookies. We made shortbread cookies, which are a pain in the ass. And then we went out for Chinese food. But, like, not a buffet. For the first time in my life, I've been to a Chinese not buffet. And it was really good. Where'd you go? Uh, it was Kathy's Kitchen. Never we, heard of it. It's really it's really good. It's really nice. It's a little bit more expensive. Um, but it's, right, it's in the same square as the Florence Antique Mall. I really want to go to the antique mall, because Cody doesn't want to go. I want to go, too. You think Josh will take us, because he loves the antique mall?
0: Uh, I think they close early on Sundays.
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot. My internal clock is so fucked up, because I'm not going to work tomorrow, and I usually do, and, like, I went in at 7, and I don't yeah. usually go in at 7. Our new complaint, because we've, so
0: far we've had bitching about everything, but last week we got a complaint about paper rustling. Our new complaint is going to be that I yawn too much and i'm sorry i'm tired i woke up early and drove my friend to work but i wanted to tell you about how my work life and my life life interacted and it's because you remember how last week i was telling you about my work husband Mm -hmm. who told me that he was going to take a shift for me um and didn't and maybe i had to go to work hungover yeah well now he's trying to date my mom is he yeah that's funny. because i was telling him he's a bartender and i was telling about how my mom's an alcoholic and he was like that's just right up my fucking alley i was like man he's she's married he was like, yeah, huh and I was like, she's an alcoholic, and he was like, yeah, huh and I was like, she's got two kids under the age 18, and he was like, yeah, uh-huh, and he was walking around all day like, I could be your stepdaddy, so I finally texted her, and I was like, hey, go on my Facebook and add dude, and then I hit him up, he wants to see what you're about, and she was like, no, 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 but then she started drinking, and she was like, I kind of want to see what he's about, so we'll see.
1: I, I think it's funny that you directed your mother there. He's cool dude. He's better than some of the dudes she's dated. The day before I went into work, me and Cody went to a different... So he works at an outlet shop, essentially, but it's not necessarily a chain. There's, like, three in America, two of them in Kentucky, one of them in Tennessee. Um, and then he works at the one that's an hour away, but there's also one here that's half an hour away. Uh, and we went to that, and right next to it was, like, an antique mall, but I don't know if it's part of, like, the weird city antique mall chains. It was just, like, antique store. Um, but it was really boring. I think it was, because it had, like, booths the same way that ours does but it, I, I didn't like it there was somewhere somewhere that had like handmade soaps but they all kind of stunk <laughs> so
0: i actually started reading my book that you told me i wasn't gonna read i've been reading it while we do laundry uh just because it's just, uh, hours and my phone died last week so instead of like playing on my phone and reading it half-assedly i actually sat down and read it i the first three, three chapters in the prologue mm-hmm. I, it's good and like i really feel for her but my biggest thing is that she keeps talking about how like Basically, it's Sue Claybold, the mother of Dylan Claybold, and then everybody kind of looks at Dylan and they're like, he was, Eric was homicidal and didn't care if he died in the process of killing other people. And Dylan was suicidal and didn't care if he killed other people in the process of killing himself. Mm -hmm. And so they put a lot of the blame on Eric and it's like, it's Eric's fault. It was Eric's idea. Eric's the one that goaded a mom. But it's like, no, he was, you know, 17. that's old enough to know better. And like clearly you know he was willing to do it because he did it yeah you know and he was there the whole time so i don't know i don't like Like, i understand that it was hard for her to accept that her son could like do something like that but i also don't like the way that she kind of shifts the blame away and that's what like i've seen that a lot and that's why i won't read the dave cullen book because he basically is like dylan is woo magic sunshine boy and eric harris is garbage it's like no they're both garbage
1: it's the same thing of like I read, there's, so there's, like, that YouTuber who used to be really popular, Shane Dawson, Brittany Lewis Taylor, and she wrote a book about how she had, like, a really shitty um, boyfriend that she met online, apparently a part of the mafia, I don't know, um, had a kid with her, and basically the cops were like, he probably made you get a, have a kid, and then as soon as you turned one, you were going to go back to Serbia, he's from Serbia, going to go to Serbia, he's going to sell you both into sex trafficking, and we're, like, 99.9% sure that's what he was trying to do. Um, but she broke up with him, went through court, had all that good stuff, uh, got out of it fine, but then I told Cody while I was watching, like, one of her videos that, like, her son looks so much like her abuser, and it has to be so wild to have a kid that looks- that you love so much to look like somebody who fucking traumatized you. And he was like, well, I'm sure it's a different perspective as a mother, and, like, I'm yes, I'm sure, but, like, yeah. I, would like- it's, it's still that face, you know? Yeah, like, if you smile, you can see, like, his butt chin and his dimples that just are just exactly like her abuser, and I just, I don't know how I'd be able to deal with that.
0: Yeah. She was talking about how, because they went, they ended up going to their in-laws' house the first night after the shooting, because they, they couldn't go nowhere else, and they weren't safe at home, mm-hmm. because they were getting death threats, like, immediately. And so they went to their in-laws' house, and they were sleeping in the basement, her and her husband were, just, <laughs> I say sleeping, I mean, just <laughs> laying there, yeah, crying all night, because what, what else are you going to do? But her oldest son, Byron, who was Dylan's older brother, was sleeping, um, just, like, in the other room, but she made him pull his, like, cot down far enough to where she could see his feet through the, um, through the, like, doorway, and Mm -hmm. she left the door open, but, like, in all the pictures, he looks exactly like Dylan, like, they are carbon copies of each other, and, like, that had to be so hard for her. You know, just like he's dead and she's lost to see his face every day.
1: Yeah, I had the leftovers of Chinese food right before we came here, so my breath kind of smells like General Tso's chicken.
0: I had the leftovers of White Castle, so my breath smells like straight asshole. <laughs> it's fucking. Oh my god, today. So I work in a restaurant. We have a drive-through, mm-hmm. and I was over in drive-through making a shake, and the fucking dude that worked in drive thru just lifted up his arm like this, and I felt passed out. <laughs> it smelled like fucking onions so bad. I couldn't I seriously I was terrified that it was me and I walked over and I grabbed one of the other girls and I was like, Do I stink? <laughs> and she like smelled me and she was like, No, you smell like that strawberry perfume and I was like, Okay, great.
1: He smells like fucking onions. Yeah. No, um on my flight home from Germany we took one that was like half an hour to get us to like the Netherlands or something took, like, half an hour flight, but it was delayed for, like, an hour, and so we were sitting on this plane for, like, an hour, and they're like, we weren't gonna give you food, but we're gonna give you some snacks so you don't get angry at us. But I was sitting next to this fat kid who was part of my group, and God damn it, if he did not stink like shit and fall asleep on top of me. getting terrible. Uh, but don't you think that I didn't shove him the fuck off? I did. Just, like, every time he shifted to the other side, his armpits would move a little bit. And, like... I get it, because we just came back from a trip in Germany, and, like, it was summer, and it's hot, but also, I showered every night, so I wouldn't do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, don't, like, I don't know. I really felt for him, because, like, sometimes, like, I walk up to, you know, 10 miles a day at work. There have been times where, like, no matter how much deodorant I put on, I'm funky. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's just like that sometimes, especially because I started this job in September of last year, Mm -hmm. and so, like, we were running, and it was so hot, and, like, our fucking, one day, our AC went out, and holy shit, When I went to Applebee's, it was worse, because we had to wear all black shirts, and they weren't, like... Our shirts are, like, breathable material. Mm -hmm. These were black dress shirts. We fucking... There'd be, like, a whole party of us in the girls' bathroom fucking just standing there with our armpits under the fucking... The blow dryer. Like, it's fucking hot in here. It's ridiculous. Anyway. You ready for my case? Sure. How much do you know about Marvin Gaye? Uh, Is is he gay? Uh, No. Then nothing. Great. Uh, So, he was this... um, I'm gonna say this dude... He was like he's a really famous performer. He's like 275th most listened to on Spotify. Mm-hmm. I just know that because I just posted our promotion for this episode. Okay. Um, but like he's super famous. I had only ever heard of him from that like it's not Michael Bublé, but it's like Michael Bublé. It's called Marvin Gaye, Get It On. Mhm. That's fucking all I knew about him from. And Josh was super mad about that, but whatever. Uh, he was born April second, nineteen thirty nine. So ding ding ding, there's my date uh, in Washington, D.C., to a church minister named Marvin Gaye Sr., and they called her a domestic worker, but she was a maid.
1: Okay.
0: Her name was Alberta, because that sounded like a prostitute to me. What year was this? 1939. Yeah, domestic worker. Yeah, that sounded like a prostitute, but I Googled, like, what the fuck is it like, is a domestic worker a prostitute, and Google was, like, no, it's a maid.
1: It sounds like a babysitter.
0: Yeah, it's, like, just, like, a house, just, like, a general house servant. Yeah. Type thing. And they kind of lived in the slums, which, like, obviously, um they were african-american and so like the shit was not lit if you were black in the 1939 shit is not lit if you were black period apparently in america i mean absolutely but specifically at this time in washington dc shit was not lit um marvin and his friends called their little like slum simple city due to it being half city half country and gay was the oldest of four siblings. He had two sisters and one brother. Those were his full blood siblings, and then he had two half siblings, one from his mother's previous relationship and one from his dad being a whore. Okay. Um they were like he had many affairs, but they tried to make it sound like it was like he was just trying to help these women. No, he's a whore. Yeah. He was a church minister and a whore. Um sorry about it. That's what <laughs> that's the facts. Uh So, they were like super into church obviously cuz his dad was a minister. And Gay began singing there when he was just four years old. And Gay Senior was... I <laughs> wrote Gay Senior. <laughs> was described as a peculiar, changeable, cruel, and all-powerful king by Marvin. And he often recalled brutal whippings for any shortcomings. Uh, like, and he said that it was so bad during his childhood that if it wasn't for his mom encouraging his singing, he would have tried to kill himself. So, like, obviously they were not close. And...
1: My mom encouraged my suicide attempt, so yeah. I
0: mean, same here. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, so Gay began getting like really into singing when he was in middle school, and he joined the Randall Junior High Glee Club, which I thought that was just like a TV show shit.
1: No, it's a real thing.
0: Well, like we didn't have a Glee Club, but we had like a
1: choir. My middle school had a half-assed Glee Club, but that was definitely just because they all watched Glee. So
0: yeah, never watched Glee. Can't relate. Um, I watched it if the gay guys made out. <laughs> that was it and then in high school he joined like a bunch of singing groups and his dad was like not into it because his dad thought that the music industry was sinful <laughs> while being a giant whore yeah so i don't know fucking cognitive dissonance i guess uh so gay was like kicked out of the family home a bunch of times and eventually he was like fuck this like i'm not gonna fucking listen to you when you're bullshit so he dropped out of school and joined the air force and believe it or not, he didn't like it in the Air Force because, like, the sergeants and everything kind of reminded him of his dad. Uh, and he was remembered by his sergeant as refusing to follow orders, so he faked mental illness and was given a general discharge. So he went back to civilian life and joined a vocal quartet called the Marquise. And the group—you uh, ever heard of Bo Diddley? Nope. Me, fucking, either. That's like a, a like a
1: term for raping. <laughs> He Bo diddley me,
0: <laughs> but Bo diddley was like not. Uh, he was like super famous. I've never fucking heard of him. They're gonna be like, you guys haven't heard of anybody.
1: We're Gen Zs. I don't. I don't know to tell you. Uh, we we were emo Gen, gen Zs at yeah. that. So can't fucking relate. I know who Asking Alexandria is. <laughs> and talk about that.
0: Um. So Bo diddley was like the. What's that record label that all the emo bands are signed to? Which one? <laughs> the, the one.
1: Epitaphs America. Yeah,
0: it's Epitaphs. Okay. So, Bo Diddley is the Epitaphs Records, and um, Marvin is the... He's not good at this point, so... Mm-hmm. He's like the blood on the dance floors. <laughs> they weren't signed to anything. Nobody <laughs> fucking wanted them. I mean, exactly, that's my point. Yeah. So, they started, like, kind of working together, and Gay began composing music, but, like, it wasn't doing so good. And eventually, the record label kind of dropped him. So... He was later ha- hired by a man named Harvey Fuqua. I don't fucking know who that is. Yeah, sure. Okay. He was he was in a band called the Moonglows, but then all of his band members left him, so he made a new band with this quartet and called them Harvey and the New Moonglows. <laughs> and this this band did not last very long, and it stopped being a thing in
1: 1960.
0: Okay. So then, get ga- how much do you know about Motown?
1: How I, great. We should have had Cody on for this. I know. Call Cody. I mean, he might be off (laughs) work. Call him, ask him if he knows who Boatedly is. I don't know. I'm sorry, the person you were trying to reach.
0: Nope. Nope. But now we know that we can just put call audio in like that. Yeah. Everybody talks about how it's so difficult. Just hold a fucking iPhone up to your mic. It's fine, nobody cares. I mean, it's not high
1: quality, but it's high efficiency.
0: Literally none of this is high quality. What do you mean? Yeah, we got too much paper. Yeah, this fucking... This lady in my podcast group was like, "How do you guys like? Where do you guys record? How do you guys prevent echo and outside sounds?" And I was like, "Yeah, we record in her bedroom next to the pipe or next to the wall where the water pipes run through. Yeah, um, on a sixty dollar mic and Audacity. So, we don't. <laughs> in <laughs> short, we don't. Yeah, in short, y'all are y'all are real troopers. Um, so Gay joined a Motown subsidiary. So it wasn't Motown, but it was like almost Motown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that means nothing to me." And then, like, as he was kind of making his album, all the other, uh, like, stars were making fun of him because his last name was Gay. <laughs> and at this point, it was G-A-Y, and they were just, like, really bullying him. So he added an E to the end of the name, one, to quiet the rumors of his sexuality, which, like, what kind of lazy-ass is that? I mean, it's the exact joke that you made. Yeah. But what kind of lazy-ass joke is that? Two, to distance himself from his father, and three, to mimic a musician, Sam Cooke. Which he, have you heard about him? No, this Graceland's first episode is about him, and I like I kind of know about him from other true crime podcasts. But he's this really famous singer that got murdered because he like burst into this woman's like office with his with his little Sam hanging out, trying to find the woman that robbed him. And then he released his first single and solo album in 1961, and it was a commercial flop. And he returned to being a background musician. And then in 1962,
1: he found commercial hits. He found commercial. Oh, here's Cody. Hello? I wanted to talk about Motown with you. Uh, Motown what? (laughs) We're talking about like 60s music genres, and this is like the one episode you should have been here for. What is Motown? Okay. That's what we were trying to ask you. We're talking
0: about Marvin Gaye. I don't know who that is either. You're fucking. (laughs) Should we call Josh? No. And Bo Diddley, you ever heard of him? Nope. Great, you were no help. Thanks so much.
1: <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'll okay. let you go. Okay. Hey, bye.
0: bye. All right. Okay. Anyway, he found commercial success with hits such as "Stubborn Kind of Fellow," "Hitchhike," and "Pride and Joy." And then he just joined a bunch of tours. Um, he joined a bunch of tours and then recorded a duet album with singer Mary Wells. Ever heard of her? No. Vixen.
1: What, literally, what are you doing? You got dirt everywhere, you can What the fuck? <laughs> you
0: uprooted my plant. <laughs> she attacked, Vixen attacked a cactus. Hold on, we gotta do surgery.
1: I don't know how to fix this. <laughs> I thought he was dying like two weeks ago and he's still alive. What's that one's name? i don't remember cletus (laughs) i'll fix it later shit shit god it's all over all right god damn uh
0: so he was performing a duet in 1967 with a woman named tammy terrell nope Uh, In a city named farmville Indiana. i play farmville on my phone a lot (laughs) great um and then she had just like they're like up there you know singing dancing doing their motown thing Mm -hmm. and then she just collapses into his arms (laughs) And she was rushed to the hospital, and doctors found a cancerous tumor in her brain and told her she would never perform live again. And this greatly affected Terrell, obviously, and she died three years later. But that just, like, fucked Gay right up. Because, mm-hmm. like, Gay... Like, basically, she was kind of abandoned after that. Nobody really gave a shit about her. And Gay was like, damn, the second I slip up, like, I fucking all gone. And the music industry was like, yeah. Yeah. i are fucking watching you. So then later that year, he released a political song inspired by... Incidences of police brutality that caused strain between him and his record company. And it was called What's Going On. Okay. And then in 1978, so I skipped a bunch of time. He wasn't doing much. I'm sure he was, but nothing relevant. Uh, He developed a cocaine addiction. And he stopped paying his taxes. And hid from the IRS in London. Okay. (laughs) All in one year. Uh And then with the help of music promoter Freddie... Cozart? Cousart? sure.
1: Cuisinart, yeah.
0: <laughs> Freddie Cuisinart. He moved to Belgium and got clean. And after this, he released his biggest hit called "Sexual Healing," which I'm sure his fucking minister father just like loved. I was really into it. This thing Gay on a U.S. tour, which took him back to cocaine, cause he hated touring, hated it, I could feel not stand like every it.
1: Every musician hates touring. I mean, yeah.
0: That makes me so excited to see, and that's why we drink on tour. And then while he was on tour and high on cocaine, Marvin became convinced that somebody was trying to kill him. Yeah. Naturally. And he even went so far as to wear a bulletproof vest on stage. And- uh, which I- I understand that bulletproof vests are, like, to protect your heart, but like, what about your fucking head? Like, (laughs) that seems like the easiest way to kill somebody. I
1: mean, compared to your torso, your head is kind of a tiny target. I mean, yeah, but like, your legs and your
0: arms are still out there, you know? Fucking shoot somebody in that big vein in their thigh and they're gonna die.
1: Yeah. I, I, I just think they're useless. I read, it was either I watched a video or I read a book where it's like, something was happening, he said, you run away, and I'll shoot, or I'll run away and you shoot me in the shoulder and you'll die, I'll die and make it look like an accident. I don't remember what the context was, but that's what I, that's what I took out of it, is shoot somebody in the shoulder and they'll die and it'll look like an accident. Well, I don't know. Um, in New
0: Jersey, a member of his road crew named Eric Sharp, also with a knee on the end, committed suicide by hanging, but that that was really the only indication that anybody was trying to kill anybody. Mm-hmm. And it was this man trying to kill himself, so, like, it's just a little paranoid. And then the tour ended in April, and Marvin went home to nurse Alberta, remember his mommy, mm-hmm. who was recovering from kidney surgery, and he moved into the home that he had bought for her and Marvin Sr. And Marvin Sr. was, like, out on business. I don't know what kind of business the church has, but he was, like, fucking doing missionary work or something. He was out somewhere. And... His two older sisters were living at home with their mother, like, trying to help take care of her. And then, like, when Marvin Sr. came home, they pretty quickly left. They were like, nope, that's too much drama, too much tension, can't do it. And at one point, Marvin Sr. called the police on Marvin Jr., and Marvin Jr. was forced to leave the property and go stay with his sister. And he returned soon after, telling a friend, I only have one father, all I want to do is make peace with him. While Marvin Sr. told one of his daughters he'd kill Jr., (laughs) If he ever touched him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, not the same sentiment. Uh, for Christmas in 1983, Marvin gifted his father a handgun to protect the home against intruders. Dun dun dun. Uh, and Marvin just like all the time was talking about death and dying and people getting murdered. You know, because he was high on cocaine. And he was like always disoriented and less than a week before his death, he he attempted suicide by jumping out of a moving vehicle but survived with only minor bruises, which makes me think it wasn't going that fast. Yeah. And it just felt like a little half-assed. <laughs> um, and then around April 1st, that's also this week, in 1984, around noon, Marvin Jr. like just began yelling at Alberta about a misplaced insurance document. And it had been like an ongoing argument for like a couple of days at this point. And he's just... Alberta's like upstairs with Marvin Jr. and Marvin Sr.'s downstairs. He's just like hollering at her. And... He, Marvin yelled downstairs he was like you c- you can either come up here and speak to her like a fucking man or you can stay the fuck downstairs and leave us the fuck alone. And M- Marvin senior was like you're not going to tell me what to do in my own house. And Marvin junior was like alright you better stay the fuck downstairs. Yeah. And so Marvin senior was like you're not going to tell me what to do in my own house and charged into the room and refused to leave and junior was like get the fuck out and senior was like no and so junior shoved him. And then like he fell over and the in like the hallway so marvin just started beating the shit out of him like kicking him and punching him and so dude was able to like pull himself up and ran towards the bedroom and marvin jr followed him and kicked him again (laughs) and so then alberta was finally able to separate the two and so then they went out like towards marvin's bedroom and then marvin senior popped out with his handgun and walked up to his son real calm and shot his son directly in the heart this one bullet damaged his heart lung diaphragm liver stomach and kidney with no exit wound it was a fucking dead shot (laughs) yes point blank straight into the heart fucking violent yeah and so obviously dude pretty much uh, like immediately falls over yeah and just for good measure just to make sure he's really dead marvin shoots him a second time and then he, like, kind of goes and puts the gun away. While well, Alberta is freaking out because her husband just murdered her son.
1: And naturally, yeah.
0: And so she runs outside screaming, and Frankie, who was Gay's brother and lived in the guest house with his wife, it, he ignored the initial two shots because he thought it was a car backfire, but responded when he heard his mother screaming. Mm-hmm. And then Irene, Frankie's wife, called the police while Frankie investigated, and like he held his brother as he bled out, and Marvin Jr. said, I got what I wanted. I couldn't do it myself, so I had him do it. And then Irene went into the house and got the gun and dumped it on the front lawn far from Marvin Sr. And then Marvin Sr. came outside and just kind of stood on his porch waiting to be arrested. (laughs) And so the police came and obviously arrested him. Marvin Jr. was transported to the hospital where he was declared dead on arrival the day before his birthday at 1.01 p.m. An autopsy found traces of cocaine in Marvin Jr.'s system. And at trial, Sr. said he did not know the, the gun was loaded with bullets. He said he thought it was, like, BBs or blanks. No. Sure? <laughs> no.
1: I feel like even if, like, you were close to the gun, if you're shooting blanks, you're still gonna get, like, burned. I just feel like maybe you just shouldn't shoot people.
0: That's fair. Uh, and the siblings believed his death was premeditated suicide, and that he wanted to free his mother and punish his father. Uh, so, Alberta, fucking, mm, posted Marvin Sr.'s bail. And Marvin Sr. never saw him in a jail for this. He was given six years suspended sentence and a five-year probation Uh, through a plea bargain with the charge of involuntary manslaughter. And Stevie Wonder, do you know who that is? Yes. Finally. (laughs) uh, Performed at Gay's funeral and then Gay was cremated with some of his ashes spread near the Pacific Ocean. And that's my case.
1: I mean, no shade, like, not just not rude or anything, but it's kind of funny how he's treated, like, a a Motown legend when he wasn't even that great, like, ever.
0: Yeah. I mean, he was famous there for a minute, right around when sexual healing came out. Yeah. But, I mean, he's most- I'm gonna get a lot of shit for
1: this, but he's mostly famous because he died. Yeah. Which, like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess. So, my case is a copycat case. And by that, I mean Morbid Podcast did it, and I heard it two or three days ago and was like, that's my date and it sounds cool so I'm gonna do it. And so if you want two sisters who are just like a little bit more charismatic than us or charismatic, then, um... If you you want want two sisters that know English. Yeah. I've been out of school for a year and a half. Oh, what I wanted to say between cases was that I have this kid at work and we're gonna call him Junior because he's like three feet tall. Um, (laughs) Junior was supposed to be moving to a different department that, uh, it basically seasonal it has a lot of seasonal shit in it um but junior was supposed to be moving to our seasonal department which is like within a different department but it basically handles all the seasonal like right now it's getting a bunch of like gardening shit because it's spring during christmas you get like shoved up the asshole with like paper snowmen
0: yeah it's like the gardening center
1: yeah um and and easter you have a lot of easter stuff currently out right now regardless when is easter this year it's april 21st i think
0: Oh, yeah, it's late this year.
1: Yeah. I don't know. But it, it's something. I think, I think it's the 21st. But he was supposed to be moving there. But he... Junior never does fucking work. At all. Uh, and, in fact, when we had to work on... It was either Thanksgiving or Christmas. When we had to work on one of those holidays, he purposefully ran an entire pallet of water, like, water bottles, over his foot and broke it so he could go home. What? Yeah. Jesus Christ. And I'm not even kidding. He... Because the miners, ba- the miners that work there do not—they f- just like fuck around all the time, and they're messing around. And my understanding was that like he was playing around. He's like I. He, they were like, but you won't. He's like, yeah, I will. And he broke his foot. But then the man—he was like, I want an instant report. And I want to file an instant report. And she, was, one of the managers, was like, okay, but you're gonna have to pass a drug test. And he's like, okay, never mind. So basically, should have been fired then. Um, but he wants to move to the seasonal department where you would have to work. But the manager of the seasonal department was on vacation. But before he went on vacation, the manager was like, no, you're not coming because you don't do work. I don't like you. You're not You're not transferring. But while he was on vacation, the computer pushed him through. And so the day that the manager came back was supposed to be his first day in seasonal. And the manager came back and he went absolutely not and completely like vetoed the computer and canceled everything and he did not move. But I heard him talking about it like two days before when I still worked for it. Uh, where he was saying something, and he said, the word on the curb is that I'm going to be moved to seasonal. And I was like, the word on the curb. He thinks he's so fucking cool, and I just, like, can't stand him. Um, But I don't have to work with him anymore. So it's great. Regardless. My story, I thought her name was Crystal Magnum, but it's Mangum. And I don't know which one's worse. Crystal Mangum. So she is... An African-American who grew up outside of Durham, North Carolina, uh, and she was one of three kids, if I'm not mistaken, she was a middle child. Uh, when she grew up she was kind of broke, she knew she wouldn't have any money for college, so she went into the Navy.
0: Fucking relatable, Because I didn't go into the Navy. I just got really high test scores.
1: But while she was in the Navy, she met a boy, and she really liked this boy so much so that she had two kids with him in the Navy. I don't know how that works. I mean, was he also in the Navy? Yeah. Then a, a lot of fraternizing, which they're not allowed to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they didn't last very long outside of the Navy because Man was married to not Crystal. So, they broke up and Is Crystal- Is his last name Man, or are you just calling him a Man? He's just Man. Okay. Morbid didn't say his name, I didn't want to research, it was four in the morning. Man didn't have a name. Man had a wife. Um... But she filed, and she was honorably discharged out of the Navy, and then she moved home with her two kids in Durham, North Carolina. She- once she was out, she had made enough money in the Navy, so she started going to college, and she got her undergrad in psychology. represent? (laughs) But she also- Unless she kills
0: somebody and then don't represent.
1: She also met a boy in college. (sighs) You wanna guess what she did with that boy? Probably had two more fucking kids. She had one more baby. No more babies. And then they broke up. So, after they broke up and she was in college, didn't have any fucking money, she spent all of her naval money on- Her t- on three kids? Her three kids and her psychology degree. But also, I like the term naval money because it sounds like she just pulled quarters out of her belly <laughs> button until she had enough. Um, spent all of her money on raising her fucking kids, hospital bills, and school. So, she wanted to go do something that makes very quick money. So, she became a stripper. Yep oh i was gonna say it's everything we've ever considered in high school and we didn't want to take the act she became a stripper
0: this woman at work
1: who's like the fucking the one that wanted me to buy her
0: adderall Mm -hmm. she was talking i said if i was skinny i'd be a stripper which i 100% would you fucking you know i would Mm -hmm. i fucking would but i'm fat and nobody wants to see a fat girl strip so i just don't do it and she went that is demeaning you suck dick for coke like you suck dick for heroin
1: you ain't even got fucking teeth in your face what do you mean demeaning um. But uh, I mean, the umbrella term is stripper. She became an exotic dancer. She's, There's not a, a huge difference. Difference, no. but it, she became an exotic dancer. She so became she a have, slightly classier stripper. She put some bells on her waist and shook it around. Um, but she was during her career. She did a lot of private parties, so she booked a lot of private parties. On March thirteenth, two thousand and six, she. Had a private party booked with the Duke lacrosse team, the so Duke University's lacrosse <laughs> team, at an off-campus party, the got, frat house. God damn. Uh, so after the party, uh, it's on record that she went immediately to the police and filed a rape case and said that three of the Duke University boys had raped her. Uh, so because it's Duke University, their college, they have to keep they have to keep their name really clean. Uh, Duke University took immediate action and fired their lacrosse coach and canceled the entire lacrosse season. Like, it was over. I mean, that's what you get for raping people. I don't care if she's a stripper or not. Yeah. So, basically, everybody who uh, was there on a a lacrosse scholarship were fucked out the ass. Sounds like you didn't deserve it.
0: Uh, Homegirl went and got a degree in psychology, so.
1: But... It said that this made headlines nationwide. And it also spawned a very divided nation of people who didn't believe her because they were on Duke's uh, of side. Of course or people, they fucking didn't. And she was black. Um, and it's the early 2000s.
0: Yeah, I was about to say, I feel like I remember vaguely hearing about this.
1: Mm-hmm. Fucking um, bullshit. But there were a lot of people defending her because she was just a single mother trying to support her kids, doing whatever she needed to do, which was an exotic dancing private party. Yeah, there you go. I have family with strippers, so... Yeah. During the trial, they had sent away DNA for testing, and it came back that the DNA that they had sent out matched none of the three men that were accused of raping her. Hmm. So they, like, just didn't let her? Nope. I... We're not sure. Basically, the consensus of the trial was that she lied. Entirely. No. Oh. Well, now I feel bad for defending her. Yeah. The... Did you say consensus? I think so. Consensus? Consensus? What's consensus?
0: That's not a word. Is Isn't you sure? I, yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure.
1: Um, the case was... They filed the case as a false accusation, and the boys were found as innocent. And Did they I, get their scholarships back? I have no idea. I should hope so, but I don't think so. They probably just got money enough to pay for tuition. If they got anything. They're but probably just like, hmm, sucks. After this, I don't think Crystal received any, like, legal action against her for, like, lying, taking the boys to court, and all that other stuff. Because they couldn't definitively prove that she was lying. So nothing really happened. She just, like, didn't win. Um, but also, the since the case was nationwide, the fact that she had lied was also nationwide, or quote-unquote lied. I'm not gonna say yeah. that she definitely did. But she might have lied, went nationwide, And so uh, around where she lived, she couldn't get a job. Uh, And if she did get a job, she was, like, fired really quickly because either, like, she got bad press, which means that, like, the place that she was working was getting bad press. Customers were just upset. She couldn't keep a job. And because she couldn't keep a job and because everybody knew her name, she couldn't get an apartment. So she just, like, lived with her aunt and her three kids. So at this point, we're going to enter Reggie Day. Reggie Day was born in 1964, also in Durham or outside of Durham, and Fucking he old. <laughs> was described as very kind and very helpful by all of his neighbors and his family and his friends. Oh, aren't they all? Um, he met Crystal while he was painting his aunt's house, um, but not Crystal's aunt. <laughs> and I don't. So they I, they weren't related. No, this I've, isn't Louisiana. Nope. I I don't know how she was just at his aunt's house, but she was. Uh, And they were chatting, and she mentioned that, like, she lives with her aunt. She feels bad about living with her aunt because she has so many kids. Um, And Reggie, just at the time, was looking for a roommate. And he was like, oh, come live with me. I love kids. So Crystal moves in. Sounds like fucking Chris. Within days, Crystal moves in. Oh, my God. Uh, And as he he said that at the beginning, he slept on the couch because he wanted her to have her own room, and he wanted all of the kids to have their own room. I don't I don't fucking know. I shared a room with a girl that I didn't even know for, like, a year when my mom moved me out to Ohio. Make the kids share a room. Yeah. But what do I know?
0: Yeah. I shared a room with, when my mom moved in with Steve, I shared a room with his son and daughter. And, and I literally had never met them before in my life. And mom was like, okay, this is where you're sleeping now. Yeah. And I was like, oh, but Tristy slept in the living room. And I wasn't allowed to sleep in the living room. And don't ask me fucking why. And my mom slept in Steve's bed. And their nasty little Shih Tzu threw up on my bed the very first night, and then they made Bobby, who was my kind of step brother, take that mattress, clean it, flip it over, put it on his bed, and give me his mattress. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he didn't sleep on the couch for very long oh, I because bet he didn't. him and Crystal started dating very soon after that, and so he was back in his old bedroom with oh, Crystal this time. My God. Um. People around him and people in his life were, like, warning him of Crystal. Like, she put up these false accusations, kind of ruined these boys' lives, probably. Um, but Reggie just said, well, I want a family. And if I date her, I have a family. It's pre-made. And I like her. She's she fucking put it in the oven. So, on April 3rd, 2011, which is this week, Carlos Wilson, which is Reggie's nephew, answers the door to his house to Reggie. And Reggie's standing on the other side of the door, he's bleeding, and he's been stabbed between the ribs. Oh my god. See, this whole time I was going back and forth, is he the murderer or is she the murderer? Because I was fucking one of them. Yeah. He's stabbed between the ribs. Um, he- Carlos calls the police, he's taken yeah. him- Yeah? He's taken him by the ambulance, goes to the hospital, and he has emergency surgery. Thank god somebody fucking
0: calls the police. I feel like our all of our last- at least my last couple cases I've been like, and then nobody called the police. hmm
1: And then nobody bothered to let him know. Um, so after he's taken off in the ambulance, Carlos is still there, and Carlos guides the, the police officers to Reggie's apartment. And when they get there, it's a fucking wreck. Yeah. But it was a wreck. It was a wreck. Glasses were smashed, some tables were flipped, uh, the bathroom door was ripped completely off of his hinges. It looked like it had been kicked in. And there was hair on the floor, but, like, clumps of hair on the floor this is really not related but
0: my friend went to a frat party this weekend and it was on our snapchat story mm-hmm. and she was like the quietest most sweetest person so i don't know what she's doing there but like the her whole snap story was just them kicking down the bathroom door and they had like kicked different holes in it and then one of them jumps up and like grabbed the top of the door and pulled it down i'm like
1: you have to pay for that yeah like let me find out a motherfucker kicked in my door <laughs> um there was blood everywhere Obviously, naturally. <laughs> and there was a knife stabbed into the couch. What? Yeah. Bitch missed. So after he has a surgery, he recuperates uh enough to talk to the police and Reggie says that he nope, that's not it. Carlos tells the police while they're looking at the messy, messy apartment, that he was living with Crystal and so they look for Crystal and Crystal's missing and her three kids are gone. So Crystal's gone somewhere with her three kids.
0: Oh my god, I hope she didn't kill
1: them babies. So. Which is naturally fucking suspicious. Um, and on the same night, I don't know if the police were still in his apartment or if, like, they had left and was like, yeah, that's good enough, we'll send somebody out tomorrow. Um, but that same night, the, somebody else from the apartment complex calls 911, and it's a little boy, and he said, my mom was getting beat up, so I accidentally stabbed him so she could get away hmm sounds fake but okay but also you're talking about how they
0: were like yeah good enough yeah that kendall ray video that i watched last night she okay the woman that got murdered was in the, her upstairs neighbor's apartment getting fitted for a dress mm-hmm. and they went up there and they were like hey is is the missing girl here no okay bye hey can we just like look around yeah okay poked around okay bye the was like eight months pregnant mm-hmm. came back one more time and they're like are, are you sure and they were like well we did see her the other day she left us with this newborn baby and they were like oh you fucking murdered her <laughs> That's what it sounds like. But, like, it took him three times to, A, find the newborn baby, and B, be like,
1: oh, okay, it was you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, the police respond to this little boy who says he stabbed a man beating up his mom. Uh, and when they get there, they see Crystal. And Crystal's at a neighboring apartment, so they obviously didn't look very hard for Crystal the first time. Uh, Crystal's on the floor, her hair was messed up, she had a swollen lip, she had a cut on her hand, and she was just very frantic. This is, like, days later, right? No, it's the same night. Oh, it's the same night, Okay. For a second there, I was thinking, like, days later, and I was like, why is she still laying on the floor? No. Um, So they calm her down, and the police bring her in for questioning. I don't know whether they left the kids at the neighbor's house or they took them to, like, police babysitters. I don't fucking know. Um, But she was with her kids. The kids were fine. But when she gets to the police office, she is like, I'm not going to fucking talk to you. The last time I talked to you, I got wronged in court, as she probably believed. You seen that video on Facebook
0: about Shut the Fuck Up Friday? No, and it's the it's the, they're talking about working illegal in like illegal dispensaries, and they're like if you don't say anything, they don't know whether you were working there, whether you were volunteering, whether you were a customer, they don't know shit. So shut the fuck up, if you shut the fuck up, we can get you off. And the one guy, he's in a suit with sunglasses. He goes, it's Shut the Fuck Up Friday. <laughs> That's just what I've been saying forever. Whenever somebody gets murdered, I'm like
1: eh, Shut the Fuck Up Friday. <laughs> um, so she doesn't speak to anybody, but the detective thinks that just like. By visual observation, she looks like the victim and not the aggressor in the situation. He was stabbed. for <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. So, the all she can do because she doesn't want to talk is that they treat her injuries and then she, uh, they take custody of her and she's arrested. And she is charged with assault with a deadly weapon and life-threatening slash serious injuries. Uh, inflicted. So, in the hospital, Reggie... They look at Reggie and Reggie was stabbed seven and a half inches into his chest. Damn. And they hit his colon, his spleen, and his kidney. God damn, there are skinny people that ain't seven ain't even seven and a half inches thick. <laughs> um, he says That's so a big knife. His account says that on the day of April second they both went to a family picnic, so Reggie's family picnic, and this was the first time he was ever gonna go to his family and introduce her as his girlfriend. So it was like a big deal to him. Of like yeah this is my girlfriend And I'm with her now and to his entire family uh, And they get home And they see a cop In like in front of their apartment And Crystal recognizes her Recognizes the cop Because she's been in touch with the cops a lot So she talks and they're kind of friendly Chats with the, the cop a little bit And then Reggie comes up And he's like pissed off Because he thinks that she has been flirting with this cop And he's not happy about it and so they start to, outside, they start to argue. And the cop says, if you're going to argue, you should probably go inside. Sure. So he says that they go inside. Reggie, um, they go inside and then they have like an altercation and they argue. And Reggie admits to hitting her. And so she runs away, locks herself in the bathroom, and he's still mad. Kicks in the door, drags her out by her hair. And then suddenly he's like, hmm, this is bad. I'm going to stop and then stops. And then yeah. walks away. See, at this point... See, this whole time, I was like,
0: oh, yeah, she probably just stabbed him. I'm gonna keep going back and forth. Like, yeah, he sounds like he deserved to be stabbed. Yeah. Like, first off, you dragged me anywhere by my hair. Motherfucker, you're not getting back up. I'm gonna drag you to the morgue.
1: But also, just the cop was like, if you're gonna argue, argue inside. Well, yeah, because otherwise, like, disturbing the peace and all that yeah, I shit. Yeah, but, like, that doesn't look like the early onset domestic abuse case that you're just, like, witnessing that you can definitely, like,
0: I don't, chill now. I mean, now. Josh and I have had very loud screaming arguments we've both thrown things but we've never hit each other we've never hit each other in anger we've hit each other just because we're assholes but we never hit each other in anger so i mean i'm sure if a cop saw us arguing they'd be like oh you're both nuts and you need to be arrested
1: i feel like a cop who's familiar with crystal's case would have pay- paid a little bit more attention because he said that she was friends with him the cop i don't know uh, regardless he says that he realizes that he's doing a bad thing and walks away. And then, so he walks away after he's dragged Crystal out of the bathroom. <laughs> Crystal gets up, runs to the kitchen, grabs a knife, stabs him, runs away. Yeah, uh-huh. Sure. Um, but while, after he gives this account to the, the cops in the hospital, he's still in the hospital, still supposed to be recovering. Reggie gets worse. and mm. In which it comes out to the doctors that Reggie is an alcoholic. And right now he's been in the hospital for a few days. He's going oh, through he's withdrawal. Oh, he's detoxing. Yep.
0: Alcohol is one of those drugs that if you quit it cold turkey, it can kill you.
1: Um, he falls into a coma, and on April thirteenth, two thousand eleven, his family makes the decision to pull his life support. Oh, uh, so she she got murder, right? So yeah, because the family says that like, uh, if even if he was gonna come out of this coma, he'd have like ridiculous brain damage. So it's yeah. like, n- just take his life support, kind of get it over with.
0: Well, I know, it's like if you die within one year of somebody attempting to murder you, or you die as a result of your injuries Mm -hmm. of the murder, they can be charged with murder, so. Yeah. They're probably like, fuck it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Put our ass in jail. Because Reggie went in for the stab wound and not, like, alcohol withdrawal, his cause of death was labeled as um, stab wound complications. And so... I mean, yeah, I feel like any stab wound is complicated. Crystal's charges go from uh, assault with a deadly weapon to first-degree murder. First-degree?
0: Mm-hmm. I don't- I don't feel like it was premeditated.
1: Um- I'm sure you're about to tell
0: me, like, yeah, she fucking- Every day she practiced making the cut a little deeper and deeper. We'll
1: see. But- Crystal's attorneys advise her that she goes straight to the district attorney and just talks to the district attorney. So she does. And her story to the district attorney says that she went to the picnic- uh, and Reggie had started drinking that morning before they went to the picnic. So he was already kind of, like, tipsy to drunk um, at the picnic. And they came home at 1 a.m. I don't know what kind of picnic ends at 1 a.m., but... Literally any of my family picnics. No. Uh, my I'm, picnic ends at sunsets.
0: I come from a family alcoholics, so...
1: Picnic, binger, same thing. But when they came home, the officer was there. They spoke to the officer uh, he still thinks that she's flirting, so he goes inside and he hits her, uh, she locks herself in the bathroom, he knocks down the door, he drags her out, and then her story goes that Reggie runs to the kitchen to get knives, and he throws them at her, like a fucking magic act of fucking sword throwing to that person on the wheel, he's just throwing them at her. And then that corroborates the story of, like, why the knife is stabbed in the couch. Cause the knife that was stabbed in the couch wasn't bloody, it was just in the fucking couch. <laughs> Um. So, she says that of the fucking mirage of knives that he was throwing at her, bends down, picks one up, stabs him. And um, so, yeah, yeah, that goes to court. They think that's probably the more realistic story. With, upon investigation, <laughs> oh, the the knife and wound act she is gets, the more realistic story. I guess it's. It, I mean, it makes a little bit more sense than Reggie's. Oh, uh, in court, she gets charged with secondary murder. Um. There you go. And she... This case, like, takes... Makes headlines. And there, I I don't... Okay, so the court didn't charge her a second drug murder. The cops did. And, like, that's yeah. what she was in custody for. Um, but the... The the case, again, makes headlines. Because there's a big... Uh, a new chapter in the case. So the district attorney is afraid that... Or the people in the court are afraid that she's not going to give a fair trial. Because everybody in North Carolina, like, knows about the story. Um, and so they kind of deliberate for two years on whether they're gonna move the trial or not and they decide not to because there's still people supporting her in north carolina and they think that like that's good enough She'll have a fair trial
0: yeah we actually just went over this in my criminal justice class and we learned all the different pretrial motions that you can file
1: mm-hmm. the trial was began on november 15th 2013 and the judge immediately ruled that there may be no speak of the duke university scandal i mean yeah yeah Um, her attorneys say that she stabbed him in self-defense. The prosecution say that she just, like, she was really unstable and she lacked self-control. Yeah. Both of these sound realistic. Yeah. Um, so the prosecution brings in one of her ex-boyfriends named Milton Walker. I already don't trust him. She also lived with him. Uh. Yeah, but. Lived with him 14, for 14 months before they had had a physical altercation where it escalated to the point where Crystal put all of his shit in the bathtub and burned it. And then the police arrived. And he says that in front of the police, Crystal took a knife and charged at him. Um, and so then after that she was arrested. But she was only arrested on arson and not like attempted assault and battery. Or whatever. Attempted fucking stabbing. But she was arrested for arson and she spent 90 days in jail. And then after that she moved up or she moved back with her aunt. Because she couldn't live with Milton anymore. Um, on November 22nd, she was found guilty of second-degree murder, and she got 14 to 18 years in prison, depending on behavior. And she is expected to be released in 2026, and she'll be about 48 years old. And that's my case. She sounds like an asshole. hmm You want to talk about 80s night at, the, at bowling? Yeah, we did 80s night at
0: bowling, and we were the only ones that did, and the party got canceled. Us and Julia.
1: Yeah. But we took, uh, we all looked cool yeah cody said that he went for 70s guy i did like 80s party girl and you look like a 90s punk
0: oh yeah i was trying to go for like 80s punk
1: rock and i tried to do my hair but it looked more 90s but i we just covered all the decades i googled it and 80s punk rock has a lot of leather not as much black okay i didn't have any leather yeah
0: look the point is that we all looked not modern
1: that's because i wanted because i have like some denim jackets that have like patches on it and i was like i'm just gonna wear that and i'll be like a punk and he's like no that's 90s punk and i was like okay well can i wear it anyway I mean, yeah. I didn't have any. I didn't own anything
0: neon, cause it's 2019, <laughs> and nobody wears neon. Yeah, I
1: don't know. You have any other closing remarks? No, that's it. I'm. I'm. Yesterday, I was on the drive home with Cody from Chinese food, and I had a fleeting thought, like it was like a, a half a second thought in my head, of I want to play video games, when I, video games when I get home. And then I was like, well, what video game do I want to play? And I said, I want to play the ones where I organize the shoes. And I went, that's not a video game. That's my fucking job. (laughs) It doesn't feel like my job because I've only been doing it for a day. But currently right now, I'm very excited to go back to work. And that's how I was for the first, like, six months of doing Freight. So it won't last, but I like it now.
0: I'm surprised that it lasted six months. Every time I start a new job, I'm happy for, like, a week. And then I quit. That's why I've been through so many jobs.
1: No, I love my job. I don't like the people that I work with most of the time. See, I like the people that I work with.
0: Although today, okay, so remember how, I think it was two weeks ago, I bitched about that girl Mm -hmm. that tried to leave early, and I was like, no, you're not fucking leaving early, but then she got an attitude and got in my face, and I was like, just get out of my face. Yeah. Well, today, she was talking, we were talking... About people talking behind each other's backs. Because everybody at work talks behind everybody else's back. It's like high school. Mm-hmm. But, like, it doesn't really bother me. Because, like, I try to be nice and friends with everybody, even though I fucking hate most of them. Just because, like, it's work. And regardless of whether or not I like you, I still have to be here with you. So, might as well be cordial. But Heather was talking about people talking behind her back, and this girl turns around and makes eye contact with me and goes, Yeah, I've had a lot of people talk behind my back, and they'll run their mouth, acting like I don't know what, they, what they're what they saying about me. And it's real funny when you walk up and somebody all of a sudden stops talking, you know? And I was like,
1: yeah, can't imagine what that's like. Everybody seems to like me, and I walked away. <laughs> so, My fucking, my coworker, um, my last day, first of all, the last day that I worked on Freight, everybody was pissed off. Like, so many people were just mad and I didn't fucking get it. Like, I'm supposed to do uh, boxes called brake packs. And I don't know if that's my company specific, but, like, sure. They do brake packs because nobody knows what the fuck brake packs are anyway until I tell them what it is. I do brake packs, and which is different from sorting uh, boxes off, the, off of the truck by a little bit, right? Sometimes the twins do it, but this day... Um, They've decided that they didn't want the twins to work together because sometimes they're a little bit slow when they work together. So they want me to work with one of the twins and the other twin does something else separate from the other twin. That's fine. Um, So my job was supposed to be doing break packs. But I also needed to teach the twins how I do my shampoo and conditioner and my body wash because it's organized by aisle. I need to make sure that they know how to do that when I'm gone. And so when there wasn't a break pack on the line... I was teaching one of the twins, both of the twins interchangeably, how to do them. And my supervisor went, no, you can't do that. You're on break packs. And I was like, but I need a teacher because I'm leaving. And he's like, no, you're on break packs. We didn't have any break packs on the line. We didn't have any on the floor. So I went back to the area where we sort break packs and I sat on the floor (laughs) and he was like, you need to get on. I know I'm on break packs, but you have to know I'm on break packs. And I did that for like five minutes and I was having like the biggest temper tantrum, like temper tantrum war with him because he was also fucking pissy. He didn't like it. But my manager had also pissed off another one of my coworkers to the point where he was taking pallets and throwing them across the entire room. And that scared the shit out of me because I can barely lift a pallet, let alone move it a distance without it like dragging on the floor. And he was, he threw like six of them and I was like, who pissed him off? And my manager had, because we, we had two trucks and we were sorting between the first truck and the second truck. And we were trying to get it done quickly because we had to be get it. We had to get it done before lunch, which we did. But the, they were already rushing him. A manager went, "Okay, come on, hurry up!" And that just like set him off, and he pissed him off. And this is a guy who's like really sweet and really quiet most of the time. Um, and he was throwing skids and he was like just shoving everything everywhere, like things that were just heavy and hard. And I did get it. It scared me. But yeah, that was it. That was I threw a bench fit at work today because
0: my my okay so we have our head cook right and she's worked there for a million years yeah. and she's just kind of a bitch and then no two ways about it she's a bitch yeah but like we get along because i'm also a bitch but like today i was trying to run food like expo and get it out of the window and so fucking this girl comes up next to me and goes are you just gonna let my ticket sit there and i picked up the ticket that went before and i went i am sorting this you were not concerned about your food two minutes ago when your fucking ticket came up so you can go stand over there and fucking wait." <laughs> And she starts throwing the biggest hit, so I took the tray that I was holding It like, they're not heavy, and I threw it, and I slammed it against the back wall, and I went, then you can fucking expo all the fucking food, and there better not be any food in this goddamn window, and then I walked away. And my manager came up, and she was like, you okay? And I was like, I'm just tired of people getting in my face and in my way when I'm just trying to help them, you know, that, like, I don't mind helping people, but, like, if you're bad at your job, mm-hmm. don't get in my way. And that's exactly what she was doing, and I was just really pissed off about it. Yeah. But you were talking about people throwing heavy things, and our garbage compactor is like first off it's set up in the wall Mm -hmm. it's set three feet up in the wall so I already can barely reach in (laughs) because it's already 90 percent of my height and then to open it you have to lean in and leverage your weight and pull and I'm not tall enough to do that because like I literally have to reach my arm all the way in there so every time I have to go throw away trash I have to get a man (laughs) who's taller than me and like I there's this man that I always make fun of for being old and I like walked up to him because he's like you're he's the same age as my dad and I I was like can't get the garbage compactor open and he went see you're not even old enough to operate it and he walked over and like it's so scary because they slam it in with their full body weight and they pull it out i was like it
1: just startles me every time but yeah the same guy who freaked out and was throwing heavy things um like i said i couldn't lift a pallet and i needed to lift it over another pallet that already had like boxes of cat food on it which was like a foot or two off the ground i can barely lift it like six inches on my own and I, I went down. I was like, hey, hey, hey. I can't, I can't lift it this high. And he was like, I got you, I got you, I got you. And he came in and he got it. Um, and he's just really sweet. I really like him. Uh, even after that, like afterwards, my ma- after my manager pissed him off, and we got everything set up the way it needed to be. My manager left, and he got back on the line. He was like, my bad. And that, and just kept working. And I we was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, it happens.
0: <laughs> like, after everything had calmed down, I, I apologized to her, obviously, because I don't want her to think I was an asshole. I was like, I was just really frustrated because nobody was pulling their tickets and nobody was taking their food, and so the head cook was getting irritated. And I was the only one that was actually expoing. So even though she wasn't irritated with me, I was the only one that was there to listen to her. So it felt like she was yelling at me. Yeah. And so then when this girl came out and got in my face, like all of Carmelo's rage that had been directed at me turned and got directed at her. Yeah. And I, just, I just needed to bounce it off me. And I was like, I'm sorry. She's like, no, it's fine. Like, I get it. It's just really frustrating. We had a bad day today.
1: Yeah. The guy who was throwing pallets um, started bitching at the guy inside the truck because he wasn't putting enough freight on the line fast enough because we had 16 people on the line the back room is made for like seven <laughs> and we had 16 and it was so bad and everybody's pissed off and everybody's bumping into each other i went back and sat on break packs but that time there was boxes that i could sit in front of and my supervisor wouldn't yell at me because i was so overwhelmed but he was like bitching at the guy in the truck of like we don't have enough freight and they're cousins and he was like listen man i know i'm an easy talker but you need to shut the fuck up and he was like nah bitch you're fucking stupid and all this other stuff because he's kind of dumb but uh, yeah that was it they're fine. They went fishing together today.
0: They yeah. do that off-
1: They do that on all their off days. They love fishing in the river. That sounds like Josh. Yeah.
0: Like, the thing is, like, just, like, working with people, especially if you work, like, you know, four and five days a week, especially somewhere as, like, high tension as retail and food service, like, you're bound to lash out at each other, and, like, mm-hmm. as long as we all love each other at the end of the day, it's whatever. That's what I told him. They are like, you sound like a fucking hippie, and I was like, I'm just gonna go home and get high, which I didn't. I fucking wish I did, because it would have made life a lot easier, but...
1: I feel that. There was one day my supervisor kept bitching at me. um, Not bitching at me but like they kept calling. It was the day that they kept calling yeah. me back and he messaged me afterwards. He was like I'm sorry you are just doing your job and I was like yeah it's fine.
0: So yeah. I mean yeah basically it's just it's all high tension. But you were talking about how he was so sweet and there was this guy in the back back line. He just turned 19 right? Mm-hmm. And there's like a, a like an alliance of us youngins because everybody that works with me for some reason is 30 and up mm-hmm. or 20 and under. So he just turned 19 and he was the first of us babies to turn 19 so i got him a birthday card and it said another year and then you open it up and saying another year close or another year down and another year closer drinking alcohol out of cups instead or out of glasses instead of beer pong cups and i thought that was so cute and i had everybody sign it and i baked a whole batch of cupcakes just so i could bring him one but i brought him one in a tupperware so that i could carry it to work sidewalk with mm-hmm. the understanding that he would eat the cupcake and give me back my tupperware and it was a cheap tupperware but like it was a tupperware and he was like, no, I'm going to go home and eat it and, like, get high and eat my cupcake for my birthday. I was like, cool. Bring me back my Tupperware. Okay? This mm-hmm. was Thursday. Friday, I didn't work. Saturday, he no call no Today, he no call no If he is not at work Tuesday with my fucking Tupperware. So, and Sue was like, I'm going to fire him. And I was like, you're not going to fire him because he has my goddamn Tupperware. <laughs> <laughs> and I was talking to Josh about it in the car, and I was getting lit up. And he she was like, "He's like, babe, it's Tupperware. Yeah. But it's rude.
1: Anyway, any closing remarks? No, we just talked about work for an extra 15 minutes past the end, but, like, if you don't like listening to it, you probably already clicked off.
0: Yeah. I just paid $16 for us to have unlimited upload time, so we're gonna take advantage of it. Yeah. They actually gave me a sale for the first month, so it was only $12, so that was pretty lit.
1: Nice. It's like Moms and Murder, they do, like, a last thing before they go, and they pull, like, questions off their Facebook group, but at the beginning, they're always like, if you don't like listening to it, you can just fucking leave and not send us a hate message about how you don't like listening to it because we're not making you we're not talking about true crime anymore (laughs) we're gonna talk about the shower curtain our husbands
0: exactly that's how i feel about that one review that we got where he was like Chris banter too much like don't listen to it skip through it like maybe it's not for you and that's fine like we're definitely not for everybody like yeah there are podcasts that aren't aimed towards me and they're about like golfing and beer and those aren't for me i don't go there and bitch about you guys talk about beer too much
1: yeah. I, I feel like, without banter, we're just another true, try, true crime podcast. Yeah, I feel like what makes it unique is that, like, you guys
0: feel a part of our lives, and even not, like, this is my podcast, motherfucker, and if I want to tell you about how my boyfriend was
1: mean to me, I damn well fucking will. Yeah. I mean- <laughs> This is my I house, li- and I'll shit on the floor if I want to. I listen to and that's what we drink, and I love that story of when Em had a UTI. <laughs> yes. So. I did not relate until I got a UTI, and it hurt so bad, and I was throwing up so much, and I was like, oh, poor Em. I've never had one, but I had a bacterial infection, which sounds a lot worse than it was. Um, uh, But basically, I just had to wear really breathable underwear for a week. Now I'm going to do our social media.
0: Uh, Review us on iTunes, so that way we can complain about your review. (laughs) (laughs) We need more things to complain we about. We need
1: people who actually like us to review, because the only reviews we've gotten are people who don't like us, and they, yeah. th- they feel so strongly that they want us to know.
0: We have almost 40 followers on Spotify, which, like, not might not be a lot, but, like, clearly you guys like us, so, like, get on iTunes or something and, like, tell us that you like us, because <laughs> you're hurting my feelings, <laughs> my yeah. little baby Fifi's, <laughs> um, and if you don't want to review us on iTunes, you can also view, uh, review us on Stitcher or CastBox, or anywhere else um you can follow us on instagram at this week in crime and interact with crystal you can follow us on twitter and interact with me at this week in crime you can follow us on tumblr and interact with neither of us at thisweekincrime.tumblr.com yep you can like our facebook page this week in crime you can like our facebook page discussion group and join it at this week in crime discussion hmm I said review us on itunes what am I missing I think that's everything
1: yeah yeah. Send us an oh. email about how you want us to start a YouTube channel, because when we go to Cleveland, I want to vlog it, because we're going to see another true crime podcast, and I want to do the blindfolded soda challenge. So just, like, I want to be a YouTuber more than I want to be a podcaster. It's fine.
0: Crystal's hot, so she's ready to show her face. Um, Yeah, about that. Uh, So, yeah, com. If you want a Patreon, because you feel like giving us money, you're just so burdened by your cash. You want to offload it onto... A struggling college kid and somebody who just got a promotion so isn't struggling. <laughs>
1: Do it. I'm still struggling. I still have to work on my last uh, pay wage for, like, the next two and a half weeks. Struggling for two and a half weeks.
0: At thisweekincrime, or at this week in crime at gmail.com.
1: Next time, next week we're just going to plug a fucking PayPal and yeah. Venmo uh, and Cash v- App. Venmo us at this, or
0: the, I just said at this... Yeah. Mm -hmm. At This Week in
1: Crime. That's our podcast.
0: Yeah, my brain went, No, you're saying not your podcast. Your podcast is and that's why we drink. Yeah. I fucking wish. Oh really. Really? Ooh. That would mean I would get to be M. That could be I was gonna say
1: that could be our April Fool's episode, but this is our April Fool's episode. Oh yeah. I meant to read you Florida man. Welcome that Headlines And That's Why You Drink and I'm Christine. And I'm M. (laughs) And I have a UTI. (laughs) And a hot girlfriend. Okay, bye. Bye.